Welcome, welcome to another edition of Y&E Live. I'll be your host for today, Yas, Yas the Fox. Um, with me, I have two of my buddies, uh, Viggy and EJ. What up, what up? Um, both of these gentlemen, I have the pleasure and honor of knowing for close to a decade now. Uh, first met Viggy in, I believe it was sociology class, freshman year of college. Now I remember you tried to sell me a mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was. It was after class. Yeah, that was that. Because you saw me listening to some music and you were like, yo. I got, I got this new Lil Wayne. This thing dropped three. Five dollars. I looked at him like, screw so. face. I was like, who's this guy trying to sell me this scene? <laughs> Download my shit, dog. <laughs> no, that's, that's when it started. Then, uh, then uh, yeah, you uh, you got me into the kung fu scene, and that's I think that's that's when right. It, that's right. You're yeah, doing you kung fu for a little bit. Yeah, on and off. I've been ever since. Yeah, you know? about to start back up. It's uh, I realize that it's kind of like part of my life that I need. You know, it keeps you kind of like grounded, focused, and shape. So, yeah, yeah, you put me on that, and that's uh, I think where where that all started, and. EJ came about somewhere in the mix with you. I yeah, know, I, I believe. Um, yeah, I think it was when you got your house in Lawrenceville, mm. and we used to always chill over there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. EJ's basically your best bud since childhood, right? He was, so, my, he was my first friend when I moved yeah. to New Jersey. He was my, <laughs> my first friend. The same year. And yeah. I remember when uh, you first started Kung Fu, you brought EJ with you, maybe. And EJ did an intro lesson. I did. Oh, I forgot about I, that. I did. Yeah. I did EJ's <laughs> intro lesson for him. Wow. You yeah, know. I I, yeah. You know. So yeah, that was that was the beginning, man. And then you know, I, over time, um, EJ, you were living in New Brunswick for a while. We would always shoot up there to see you. Mm -hmm. um, you know that what we we all went to the Kanye West concert, Glow in the Dark, two thousand and eight together. Remember that one? Yeah. I don't, know if I, I don't even know if I went to that one. I no, know. no, no. I, I'm pretty sure you, it was. You did because like remember we they you guys rented out the two school buses. That's why. And yeah. we all met uh, up at Quaker that's Bridge. That's why. You should, yeah. I mean, we, or my town we used, to, we used to do that for like Dave Matthews concerts and all this corny <laughs> uh, shit. Even if we didn't like who we performed, <laughs> we would just get school buses of people from our high school, go out to this random parking lot. And just just black out basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's like why literally black out within the hour. Like half the people didn't even yeah, make it inside the concert. Chugging know? jungle juice on <laughs> junk dumb shit. That's why I had to stop doing those because I would pay for these concerts. You know, like Kanye, like yeah. you said, and I don't remember fucking concert. <laughs> and I was just like, why am I doing this to myself? I'm just paying money to go fucking time travel. And it's like, it's like four hours goes by. It's like, what happened during this time period? But, um, yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, that's how it happened. Yeah. You know, Where, so that, man. yeah, that was, that was 10 years ago, 2007, 2008, 2009. How are you guys feeling about 2017 though? So far. That's a, yeah. That's a complicated question. There's so many, you know. Yeah, and what aspect? different layers, you know? Yeah, and what the, aspect? The universal, the societal, the earth, the fucking government. Like, there's so many ways to look at it today, and that also kind of like shows how people feel about it. Like, I probably made that sound because you know, on the top of my mind, it's just like the the political climate, the fucking actual climate. <laughs> it's got it all fucked up. <laughs> so, but. You know, you can look at it like that. You can try to look at the good sides, but most of us aren't really 
flooded with the good information every day. So we tend to see mm -hmm. it, you know, in that uh, whatever the, is on the screen is kind of like telling us what the world's like right now. And, you know, we, for the most part, see mad negativity. So it's yeah. hard to, it's hard to like really have like a positive outlook nowadays, which is sad too, but... So you, know, you think that the uh, whatever's on TV has a... What we see on TV has a huge role in society? Yeah, well... And how we perceive society? It's, it's too, too... I mean, it's also, it's also what is actually going on in the world. I mean, it'd be one thing if everything wasn't actually happening, but, you know, if someone mm. says, you know, they're about to nuke starting World War Three. And that's all the news is talking about. Like, it sucks to look at that every morning, believe me. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I guess you just got to face reality and, you know, stay positive, as positive yeah. as you can. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, does it affect society? I think it affects on, I mean, it depends on the society, you know, because you can't, like, group all of humanity into, like, one society group. So it's, like, there's certain, like, parts of society that are very focused on the media america mm -hmm. like we are obsessed with the media and news you know obviously because we're at the center point for like majority of the shit happening but it's weird like you know ej and i really we went out, you've been out of the country we, we've been like all over the place and when you go to like another country you kind of see that their focus isn't as much on you know the news, the political shit going on. Maybe Europe is a little different because they're very, you know, centered on what we are. But it was weird being in Asia. It, it seemed like people were just a lot more happier. <coughs> people were a lot more happier because they weren't focused on fucking news. On the media. Every, like, it seems like we, yeah, we got to fucking talk about whatever, you know, is happening in the, in the media, the news. And then it's, you know, it's unfortunate. That kind of, like, dictates how we, like, view everything around us because that's just natural first but yeah first but thing. but the media though i mean you're right we in america do pay a lot more attention to the media and what the news outlets are telling us versus other countries where when you go outside of another to another outside of america to another country it's almost like a detox like oh my god i don't have to hear the name justin bieber at all i don't have to hear the kardashians like i don't have to keep up with the kardashians anymore you see, yeah. they, they have our channels though they have like the yeah, e they, channel or like mtv they That's saw that the everything they got the internet was, every these got people were living in shacks no doors nothing but they had yeah. internet big screen tvs and stuff i was like wow like how is this even possible and all right so elaborate you know. elaborate for the people where uh you guys have been in the world oh shit. Well, I'm talking about Cambodia. I've been mainly to the Caribbean. I've been in Jamaica. Um, we were in Japan for a second. Canada. Okay. So you most know. recently, you guys Mexico. were in Cambodia I've together. Been, yeah, I've been all over the place. But Cambodia is most. most your most recent trip was Cambodia. And when did you guys go? Uh, January. January of yeah. 2017 this year? Yeah, a few months ago. Okay, okay. Yeah. Still, still lingering. Oh my god, I'm <laughs> ready to go back. effects are still So there. did you guys ride any elephants out there? Or like, what nah, was that like? I, I'm not into that shit, but... Yeah. You know, I, I feel like everyone kind of has a different view of it going in. Everyone's, you know, looking for different things. I went there just, like, trying to soak up a spiritual experience and, you know, 
get, like a detox, like you said, and just kind of like get grounded, you know, be on airplane mode, yeah. <laughs> just like not yeah. not deal with that shit. So um, yeah, there's mad different aspects to it. I know EJ probably has a different perspective. I, we we shared the same experience, but you know we looked at it through different eyes. So yeah, gosh. definitely. I mean, like when we were first going there, it was just like. That sounds awesome, you know, just going halfway around the world. I've never so like been a, around a place a like random, that. Yeah. And we got a lot of negative, well, me and my ex-girlfriend got a lot of negative feedback about, you know, oh, these people, they're all crazy. It's a third world country. They just had a civil war. You guys shouldn't go. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And the whole time, like, you know, I'm going on the internet reading stories about bad things that have happened. And then when I got there, it was just the complete opposite, like from beginning to end. Like I mm. couldn't believe how nice all these people were, um, you know, the experiences that they had to give other people, you know, the, the culture, especially in CM Reap was, you know, it was actually pretty diverse, you know, for a country like that. And, you know, I went, I did a few things that were very eye opening and so peaceful. So, you know, it was just, it just made you realize, like you said, the media and like what people perceive from reading stuff off the internet or whatever shapes what they think about that place in a way that could be so false. Wow. So crazy because that's only one thing. Like you said, it shapes what they think about that place. Okay. But think about what they're being inundated with. Like, like you said, like so many people, I experienced it too. Like when you mention it to someone, they're like, oh shit, like a third world country. Like, no, this could happen there. This could happen here. But it's like they're looking at it through the eyes of like fear almost like we've been trained to look with eyes of fear like all the media tells us is like yo get ready Boogeyman is across this ocean mm -hmm. and he's about to come all right and yeah. we gotta we gotta hike up everything at the airports we gotta be on watch we gotta put more money into the military this shit's about to happen Boogeyman's coming ever since 2001 you've been hearing about the fucking Boogeyman that is <laughs> living overseas fucking has their like you know own mission and they're coming for us whatever you want to call them you know there's so many groups i can name but they're the fucking boogeyman mm -hmm. and we get like trained to be afraid so when someone asks you something you got to think about how you're saying are you saying that from a fear mind state and you know like you just said going over there i didn't know what the fuck to expect you know i was originally going to go by myself and i was like I was scared. <laughs> I won't lie. I fucking booked the ticket. I got the confirmation. And I got nauseous. Because I was like, I've never been to fucking Cambodia. I don't even know what the fuck is like going on there right now. I know some history. But that's mad far away. Like, yo, this could happen. This could happen. That fear was in my mind. And I was like fucking shook a little bit. But I was like excited. And then EJ wound up getting on board. So uh, we went out there together. And he was, you know, going to be... One that I can like deal with my fear, and when we like talk it down, down each other, like, all right, we're gonna be good, you know. We're, we're good. <laughs> and we went out there, and like he said, it was the complete opposite. It was out of all the places I've, I've been to, like 10 different countries around the world, and out of every country I've been, these were the most loving people I've ever met in my life. Like, and that's just not like, like one person I'm like basing it off of. No joke, every single person like I met out there, I would say, like, yeah, like. 99% of the people were just straight up loving and they they all treated you like a cousin that you haven't seen in a long yep. time it was so weird yep. and you know you, you get into it and you, you start seeing what they're focused on like are, are they like what's going on in your mind right now no nobody was talking about fucking government nobody was talking about you know the pop culture 
None of that shit. And not even about work. Like, we, yeah. if someone asks you, what do you do? What do you do at home? Or, like, where are you from? What do you do? Like, the majority of Americans say, like, well, I work at this place. And these are, the, like, the hours I work, and I make this much a year. That's, like, what they do. But you go to, like, any, any other country that I've been to, like, especially Europe, that was the first time I was, you know, asked this question, like, what do you do? And I say, like, my job. And they were like, that's not, that's, like, one thing. What else do you do? Like, what is your, like, life? And we come to think of it, like, this is what defines me. Like, my, my job, my normal routine in this society. But you go over there. Met this dude from our resort. He was a mob, and I guess <laughs> yes. he was he was just a cool young cat, like twenty years old or some shit, and like you know grew up like on a rice field. His family like knew how to like he knew the techniques for like harvesting rice. He was putting me up on like saying like no, you gotta do it at this hand angle, and you got you can't throw it straight down. You gotta like throw it out. It grows better. And he yeah, he just met like messed with with it. Pause. And, um, but the the one of the main things that stuck out in his head, I was telling him about how it is in Brooklyn, New York City, where I spend most of my time. And he goes, you know, like Americans, you you say time is money. Like, he was like, we know that. We all work. We need we need money. But time, like, we don't really care about time. Mm. That's what he said. He just shrugged when he did it. <laughs> we don't really care about time. And it's like, it, it, it's just, we, like, we are, it sucks to say, but, like, Americans, like, we're, we have this, like, mental chain on us, like, to be kind of like in fear and like always scared about like you know what's going to happen the media going back to the main point <laughs> yeah the role that the media plays is to kind of like train the mind to look at life a certain way and that unfortunately dictates how these little experiences are so eye-opening being able to just step out a little bit but that's awesome like you guys went to cambodia and you experienced um you experienced people that were beyond kind. And um, I had that same experience going to Pakistan this past November uh, during election week. I was out there. And, um, you know, everybody... And before I went, there was, a, you know, a few people that were like, Oh my God, are you crazy? Are you nuts? Are you really going to Pakistan right now? I'm like, yeah, it's not a big deal. My aunt just went like a couple months ago. Yeah, I mean, she just went and came back like... People do, yo. People go to Pakistan every day. Be, we'll be alright. <laughs> like taking it to some Uncle Murder, like. But um, you know, it's like yo. There's flights that fly out to Pakistan, fly out to Cambodia every day, you know. And so it's really why build up this fear. But when I went, it was exactly the opposite of what you hear over there. Everyone was so loving, and they. You know, they don't have as much as we do here, but they the what they do have is the two things that you can't buy, love and happiness. And that's what goes around in those countries. And if people don't leave America or if, if people don't experience love and happiness in that state, then they go their whole lives without really understanding what love and happiness really is. So, 
you know, if you find love and happiness here in America, that's great for all you Americans listening because I know we have uh, listeners overseas and internationally. But if you're in America and you find love and happiness here, great. But don't pass up the opportunity to go somewhere new and experience a different thing because at the end of the day, it might change your whole outlook and perspective on life. And and it'll help you throughout your life. That's that's a crazy yeah. That's a it's like it, the world is a book, you know. And if you don't travel, you don't read any of it. It's like yeah. you're just stuck on one page. It's like the more right. you travel, the more you read. And it is crazy that it is so eye opening. Like you know, my my Asia experience was far different from my Europe experience, and you might see Europe as like so you know close to us, you know mad white people and mad just like media and shit but there's like a there's still a big difference because when i came back from europe is the first time that i felt like my whole perspective on life was shift shifted mm. like you know they have the the three month almost like summer like vacations yeah. and they're just like chilling they don't fucking care about work that much mm. you know and that's when i realized that you know your your life isn't determined by like the job you have that's not that doesn't define you there's so much more to life you know mm. um that's the first time i was 19 when that happened and then recently you know in cambodia completely different too um but it kind of just goes back to the way that you view it and like traveling so that that's crazy for me to like you know think about like i'm just thinking about now like you know if you do travel a lot your eyes get open more and once your eyes get open more you start seeing with more love and you start exactly. seeing that there's people that don't, they don't d define themselves by what they do and what they have. Mm -hmm. You know, we focus on the temporary stuff to try to make us happy, but it's temporary. So it, that all that shit's going to fade away eventually. Like we get attached to things, but if you focus on the shit that isn't temporary, like I found in like Cambodia, you know, straight up like Buddhism saved that country over the past couple of decades. Wow. And, but yeah. you know, it's so many people, even like just the random dude you meet at the bar, the random guy driving you around, your random tour guide, they all had like deep spiritual influences throughout their lives. And they were all able to convey the same message one way or another. You know, or we had a tour guide one day and it was just like, yeah, you know, you focus on the temporary, you're not going to be fulfilled. It comes and goes. You have to focus on the, the internal thing that's within all of us. You focus on that more and you're more appreciative of that, you have more love. So going back to like just the fact that it it shows on a person's mental like plane when they travel a lot because you realize their eyes are a little more open. And then it makes me think. So since like we just had the election that was like determined based on fear, I think like, you know, this our, our president now is like elected because of fear. That's my that's my perspective. Just because so many people were afraid of like this happening, afraid of the economy doing this, afraid of immigrants doing this, or fucking illegals doing this, or it was all fear. And that's why this person got elected. So that makes me think like maybe Trump supporters just don't travel enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of the supporters are from the Midwest and, you know, only South. Whew, I want to say like 15% of America has passports. Wow. Yeah. Only 15%? Yeah, it's a ridiculous number. Honestly, I'll look it up right now. Oh, but, you, you talk, yeah, but, you know, that plays a huge part in, like, just this 
add on to what Vicky was saying, you know, obviously if people aren't getting passports and they just want to travel to Florida or to Arizona or California, you know, you're not necessarily, you're getting a little bit of a different culture, but you're not getting a different government, different, you know, just a whole different style of life Yeah, that can really, you know, like he said, eye open, you know, make your eyes open. So people should do it more. Yeah. Um, well, this number's a little bit higher. But still, it's like even if this is the number, it says forty six percent have valid. But still, but that's think about that's, that's like one hundred fifty million over yeah. one hundred fifty million people that don't have and, and a that, passport. And the amazing thing about it, if you have an American passport, you can go anywhere in the world. Like there's other countries that you can hardly even leave that country. It's so difficult because countries with don't want people with certain citizenships like. Mm-hmm. Us too. We're doing uh, that shit now. Well, Yo, yeah. they were telling us out yeah. there that the because uh, a lot of them want to come really? to America at least to visit. They were telling us that an American visa was like thousand dollars or something. Yeah, oh, and these was... people make fucking like live on three dollars a day. Yeah, and the visa was like thirty dollars uh, to get in. That was to get in. But like my boy Mob, like that I was I brought up that we spoke to. Uh-huh. I was telling him like, yo, come to New York City. You would you would fit in. You would love it. He's got that kind of personality. He's mad cool. He's never left Seam Reap. Um, but he he was basically saying, oh, you know, buy the visa and everything. Like you got in order to leave, you got to get a visa. So for us oh, to yeah. go there, when we got there, we had to buy a visa that was thirty bucks. If you want to buy a business visa. That means you can like open a business, start a business, whatever. That's fifty bucks. So that's like perspective. To leave Cambodia, you gotta buy a visa to leave that costs a thousand dollars. That's what he was telling me. And these people live, like I said, on like three dollar, three to five dollars a day, and make like right. three thousand dollars a year. So you're talking that much money just to get a visa to leave that isn't even permanent. You gotta get like a new one, like every yeah. few years. Like, it's ridiculous, and it's so sad that they don't get to travel. But I guess they don't. They don't need to that much. Why? Like, it, it's yeah, it's cool out here. We got a lot of shit. We got mad cars. We got mad billboards. We got mad like just gangs and shit. It was cool out here. But why? Like, they they're happy. They're happy. They don't need to leave us though. I was there and looking back here. I'm like, these people have everything. They could travel everywhere, yet they're unhappy. Mm-hmm. That's that's a mind fuck right there by yeah. itself. So, yeah, traveling definitely big as hell, and how it plays into politics. I think it's beyond politics. It's just how it plays into life. Because the person that travels a lot has been to say someone's been to like over fifteen countries. If EJ asked that person, like, "Yo, I'm about to go to Cambodia," how do you think they would respond? They wouldn't be like one of these less traveled people that be like, oh my God, you might die. Like, that's yeah. a third world country. They're probably going to be like, oh, wow. That's actually it's, it's supposed to be a great place for this and that. Good ass food. Like, they would look at it through different eyes. Right. Tying back to, like, media and, like, travel and politics falls in somewhere, yeah. unfortunately. I mean, technology has all been created to enable us, right? Like, if if technology is only destabilizing us and making us weaker, then why even have it around? Aren't we supposed to use technology to to uplift ourselves and make ourselves more? Uh, I don't know. It's funny you say that because right now we see that instead of going to solar, well, because the coal mining companies are actually going into renewable energy, but you see that 
our president is trying to get us back into coal mining and, you know, steel workers and, like, all these jobs that existed 50, 60 years ago that just yeah. won't, you know, they won't... Because, because, and this is something that we talked about in the last segment, um, the education scene in America 20, 30 years ago was if you graduate high school, you're good. Um, if mm. you... So a lot of... A lot of Americans growing up at that time didn't matter your ethnic background. A lot of Americans don't have college degrees. That that would be another interesting fact to look up. What's the number? What's the percentage of Americans um, that have a college that have at least a bachelor's degree? I'm sure it's probably under fifty percent. You think so? I mean, maybe I think, not now, but definitely. Oh, I, think, I think I think it's definitely yeah. fifty percent. Well, it, it was just an, uh, not something that was needed, you know. Yeah. Like our parents' generation, it wasn't like you need to have a degree. Like, but it was right. also a lot cheaper to go to college. I mean, yeah, but it was almost like a socialist it. government back then. They had so many more programs, and it's funny that but, people that benefited from those programs are now basically voting against them. Well, so. that's why I think this is the last time, hopefully, that. Um, that someone so uneducated gets elected by other people that like you know there there must have been some educated like educated people that voted for him but oh, a lot for the most part like they they said the majority would were like people that didn't have college degrees right voted Republican this time and I I don't know how much that has to play in it but going back to like the generational thing like you know it wasn't a big thing in the sixties those people are now like you know getting up to 60 and shit that's who he was targeting that's what right. Trump was going for he wanted to go to these people that liked when America was great that's yeah. basically when we polluted the most we Quote had most segregation <laughs> like that that's when yeah. he, those people still kind of like tied into that he's just an old man he's a grandpa he's 70 something years old he's an he's, old guy like he's, he's just the any oldest old, president ever 72 any fucking age. old dude yeah he's the oldest president ever elected but any old dude like not not everyone, but a lot of them are like, you know, they're molded by the time period they grew up in. Right. So that's not it. Bernie. Bernie's <laughs> Bernie has some like good LSD or some shit back in the day. Just like woke him up, so he's like, oh damn, the blacks, we gotta help them. His fucking hair is so goddamn. Yeah, crazy, he doesn't God. give a fuck, but he, like he was too real. <laughs> He was too real. He was that is the problem. He was too real and not enough people were real like that. It was very interesting. I heard um I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast. He had um uh who's the wrestler turned Jesse Ventura. Oh yeah. Um he had Jesse Ventura on and Jesse Ventura made an interesting fact, like uh, interesting point. He said that Trump and Bernie they both had a commonality between them, which was that they both agreed that the system was broken and needed to be changed. Only Trump had one way of going about it, and Bernie had a complete opposite way of going about it. But at the same time, at this, and their voters and their their the people that supported these two guys, which was the majority of America, these people, um. All a majority of Americans do believe that the system is, to some extent at least, broken. At any time period, people feel like that. At yeah. any time period, there's going to be like half of the country that is like, things could be better. Things are kind of fucked up. 
Well, yeah. you gotta weigh your options. You know, you can't just be like, oh, the system's fucked up. Let me just go with the guy who just wants to get rid of everything, hire Steve Bannon as his fucking second in command, get his family in the White House. Like, you know, you gotta think rationally with how to fix the system. Yeah, I understand people don't think Hillary Clinton was perfect, but. Who is? No but way. exactly, but all that shit with her in the FBI was a it was farce. Just the mail. Yeah. yeah, it was her. It was a email. It was bullshit, you know, like because why didn't they tell us that Donald Trump was under investigation at the same damn time? Like, yo, what's <laughs> worse? What's worse? Having your having your own email server that you're doing, you're working at home basically, and you're using your your phone for your email, versus like linking up with Russia. To fucking rig the election. <laughs> What's worse? How the, how is that even? I it's don't understand. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. It, and it's like, mind blown. And like you hear about all these connections, all these people lied about having the connections, and like people are just like, oh well, you know, we do that all the time. We just Dude, meet out with random people, and then we forget about it, even though it was a fucking ambassador from another country. Like, it's so uh, crazy. But like you know, going into. Uh, Politics, like this exact talk, you know, how it's like this one thing, not a big deal, big deal. So all the people, like the majority of the people that voted for him, in my eyes, don't really give a fuck about the environment. Okay. <laughs> and, it, and it's Earth Day. Shout out to the Earth. Shout out to Mother Earth. Yes. Holding yes. us down. <laughs> big up. Woo. Um, I'm just astonished that so many people were down to like steer away from renewable energy and, you know, trying to build a cleaner environment. This dude, like, first off, he he hired Scott Pruitt to fucking run the EPA, who is, like, the biggest anti-EPA person and has, like, literally so many ties with oil companies and fracking. He's the reason. He was the, he was, like, uh, what was he, the attorney of Oklahoma? He was, like, the, so. the general the general attorney or some shit. I, don't I know, know he sued them 13 times. But he was running, he was running the shit in Oklahoma and he like basically removed all the regulations for like fracking and shit because it's all his boys that were like running these countries so he okayed it within like one year the the average of earthquakes in Oklahoma okay Oklahoma went from like one to three a year to like 50 to 70 earthquakes Per year, wow! And you can like pull it up right now, like what the how many earthquakes were in Oklahoma last oh, year? Yeah. There's no fault lines over there. It's just flatlands, no mountains, no fault lines. There shouldn't be any earthquakes, all right? And they they're having like over 50, maybe close to 100 now earthquakes per year, and it's directly because of fracking, all right? And then that's the guy that's running the EPA right now. So he's basically. Working with Trump. 4,000% increase in earthquake activity. 4,000%. And all you can do is laugh. All you can do is laugh. Because, like, at the we shouldn't be laughing at that, but... It's so what sad. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll go back to it. What... Did Oklahoma vote? What color did they vote? I guarantee you it was red. Because it goes back to what they're focused on. If they're not really focused... Like, the, that's how I... Unfortunately, I have, like, you know, people in my family, like, that, you know, voted that way. And, like, I would bring this topic up. Like, yo, how, how are we going to, like, remove the Clean Stream Act, which prevents coal companies from being able to dump their waste into streams and rivers? That's what... That's the only thing that this act 
was put in place for. Okay, these businesses <laughs> could not <laughs> dump their waste into rivers. Trump repealed it, and so did Scott Pro. They repealed the Clean Stream Act so that people could dump, like these companies could hire more people that yeah. can transport the waste from the fucking factory to the river and dump it in the river. Very sad, but the only reason why I pulled this up, like I mentioned before, this unfortunately, I'm on the mindset like, yo, if my president is saying some shit, it's affecting my country, it's affecting me, I gotta know what they're saying. So I put up like a fucking tweet alert for Trump. So I get his tweets when he says some crazy shit. And we're talking about, you know, Earth Day here, the politics behind it, and just the mindset of people saying, like, we need jobs. Like, we... You can't eat trees. You, you can eat. You need money to buy food. You can't buy food with trees. Like so, fuck the trees. Unless you garden. But they're saying like fuck the trees. Unless you, yeah, obviously. But most of the people live in cities. They don't have gardens, so they're like fuck trees. I need some green, and we need jobs. So let's cut down more forests. So I get this tweet just now. Oh, Trump God. put out. <laughs> I guess this is his Earth Day tweet. I am committed to keeping our air and water clean. But always remember that economic growth enhances environmental protection. Oh Jobs matter. Wow. <laughs> wow. Jobs matter. Basically, like, fuck the earth. We got to make money and we got to get jobs. Wow. How does economic... <laughs> he says, remember that economic growth enhances environmental protection. Let's think about that real quick. So is that what's happening in the Amazon right now? Like, the, envir- the, the economic growth that's knocking down, like, a hundred thousand acres a week or some shit of rainforest that economic growth is helping environmental sustainability how the fuck do you think like how is that how is that your thought process and that's what i'm saying like sometimes i feel like i'm reading these tweets from like a fucking egomaniacal maniacal 16 year old on like steroids like a picture a 16 year old in school that's on steroids and fucking just going crazy like that's our president right now like that's usa USA. 16 is nice i always say like 12 year old shit yeah some of this shit is so crazy it honestly is like it's it's scary but i I just don't know how you can equate i've told people like carbon is donald trump growing up yeah. Like, I, I see a lot of similarities in the two. <laughs> Except know? if, oh, if Cartman didn't have, you know, just like, he didn't grow up in like a single parent household in like a little town. Yeah. Instead, if he grew up a millionaire, <laughs> he, he was given a million dollars for his. Picture Cartman if he was given a million dollars. Okay, let's have an episode. I can do it so easily. <laughs> I unfortunately have to see it every day. What would be the first thing you would do? Fucking buy North Korea or some shit? He would just like... (laughs) (laughs) It's insane. Like, how did... But then it goes back to... I have this question. Do you... Not just our country, but any country in the world that doesn't have like, you know, divine rule where it's just like one family that rules the person, the people forever... If they are able to elect their representatives, and sometimes it's a good thing for some people, sometimes it's a bad thing, but do those countries get the representatives that they deserve? Do we deserve? Mm. Do we? Does America? Like I, th- I, I think if we talk about amongst our friends, mm. obviously very anti that. But if you travel all throughout America, 
go to all the fucking little towns, all the way down south and shit, and you know, and the backwoods, everywhere, and then mm. you like start to know, like, do we have the president that we deserve that represents America appropriately? Mm. It's a sad thing to say because obviously it's not Jordan, but do we get who we deserve? Well, if he got a majority of the votes, I would say. Yeah, he didn't. Yes, but he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he so did. I don't think I don't think we do have the president we deserve. I mean, but that's the that's the second you know. that's the second Republican president in a row that we've had that won without the majority vote. Because in '01, Bush didn't have the popular vote mm-hmm. against Kerry, and he still got in the office. And that hanging Chad thing. Um, yeah, and well, and the one well, wait, was Kerry the second? One, and Al Gore was the first one. I oh, think. my fault. Al Gore. Al Gore. I mixed up Kerry with But, Gore. yeah, but the whole Florida thing, you know, I won't go into conspiracy theories. But, like, you know, that's just yeah, nonsense. Like, <laughs> but now, but it's funny. It's, it's not funny, but it's interesting to note that Bush, on his first election, got in without the popular vote. And now Trump gets into office with without the popular vote. It's like a, it's like a common theme. So it's it's like it's becoming a common theme where the president that America gets didn't even win the popular vote. So at what point what 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 encouragement does that give me to go vote? Yeah, uh, because well, even if it, like they, the whole electoral college thing basically showed me like, yo, you might live in fucking you know New Jersey or wherever, but your vote doesn't matter as much as someone that lives in a place like Pennsylvania. Or like California, you know, like you're you don't have as much electoral power, so your vote doesn't like my. That's votes are not created equal, because if they, they mm. were created equal, then the person that won the popular vote would be the president. That's but true. votes are not created equal. Like if you're in a different state, your vote matters more than mine. Yeah, it's I do agree up. with that, but because of how close this election was and the one in two thousand one, um, yeah. You know, a lot of people didn't go out and vote. You know, Trump won by a slim margin in a lot of districts, you know, where, you know, I'm talking like 30,000 people, 80,000. You know, if people would have just gone out and actually voted, you know, we wouldn't be in this mess. But, you know, I feel like people let their ego get in the way. Oh, well, they both suck. You know, Hillary Clinton sucks. But, you know, I think it is very important to vote, at least, you know, try and get people to vote. And, you know, the only way we're going to be able to change this system the way it is is if people actually interact with it, you know? Yeah. That whole, fuck the electoral college. That's yeah, I think saying. we should get fuck rid that. of it. But, like, the only way that can happen is if the people who want to get rid of it make change, you know? And there's a lot of people who do, so, you know, that's who why. Who are the people that run that shit? Yo, when I picture the people that run it, I'm They're... picturing, like, a long bank, like, table with just a bunch of 80-year-old white dudes in suits. Like, that's who's running it, and that's who, like, it's a fucking outdated... Since, like, yeah. we are a democracy. It should be the popular vote wins. How the fuck do we even... Maybe I don't know enough about the creation of it and why, like, that even it even exists. But it's, it's not giving us the results that we need. If, you know, three million more people vote for one candidate, that candidate should fucking win. It doesn't make any sense. So, I don't know if we deserve... The person we, we got. I don't, I don't even know if we deserve Trump at this point, right? But it would have only been Hillary after it if it wasn't him. I mean, 
it have been interesting to see what Hillary would have done. I'm not going to take anything away from her. Um, I mean... My big thing about Hillary Clinton is, like, I just didn't see... I don't see the problem with her. Like, the lady has literally fought for civil rights. The moment she got into college, that's all she's done her whole entire life. And because, you know, she's got to play hardball... And people like are like, oh my god, this woman's playing hardball. They get threatened. I feel like people just get threatened by it. Uh, and here goes rumors. Oh, she made a billion dollars helping people in Africa with her foundation. She did this. She did that. But you know, out, yeah. yeah, it's just all rumors. And you know, people weren't actually looking at who Hillary Clinton was as a person for like the past, however, you know, forty, fifty years, which is I pretty mean, amazing. I, I was know? I was watching Hillary Clinton not from a very close. Uh, vantage point, but she was the um, foreign, whatever, foreign ambassador for the U.S. under the Obama administration, right? And Secretary like, of State. Secretary of State, exactly, which and the second, like yeah, which is much, which yeah. is basically, foreign, yeah, exactly. She was handling the foreign policy during in the Obama administration, and frankly, I do not like at all what happened in Libya. Like, there has been no prosperity that came out of assassinating Gaddafi. It's like Iraq. It's like Afghanistan. It's like the same yeah. shit we... Right, right. But Libya. Afghanistan and Iraq were different. Libya came out of nowhere. We armed rebels out of nowhere. We, we built a consensus through media conglomerates that Libya was okay to back the rebels... And then we backed the rebels. This was 2011. This is re very recent history. Like, we're not going back 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Mm -hmm. This is five years ago. We armed these rebels while we were still fighting, what, the end of Al-Qaeda or Taliban? So we're fighting, we're fighting Al-Qaeda over here just like a couple thousand miles east. Not even thousand, like maybe 8,000 miles east. And then we're arming rebels here. And then those rebels that we armed in Libya turned out to be Islamic radicals as well. At least that's what they call themselves, and that's what, you know, general like coin ISIS. general yeah. coin terminology. But um, you know, in the previous segment, we talked about how there's free market slavery going on in Libya right now. Like there is open slave trade happening in Libya right now, right now, right now. Slaves are being traded in open markets. And that is appalling, and it's appalling that Hillary Clinton, to some extent, had a hand in that, and we're not doing anything about it now. But do you think those were her intentions? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I believe. I believe. I can't judge anyone, especially, especially if I've never met them before. But I mean, like but that's where it goes back to, you know? you know, that's what goes back to her character. All you can base someone on is what they've done in the past, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's basically so, her and resume. And I don't know. Like, you know and that's I'm not why I saying said, that it's yeah. the right move because we should have learned a long time ago that just arming people and expecting them to be on your side and do the right thing does not work, you know. Absolutely. Afghanistan, like, all the things that you just said. I mean, it is disgusting but the, that... But this is one of the things that discouraged me from going to the election booth. Because I, I didn't vote. Oh, you didn't vote. I didn't vote. You could still have at least vote independent or green, like, just because... Yeah, I could have. I could have, but, but I was just like, nah, I'm not even going to vote. But that's, like, again, what, like... I mean, I voted like, for Obama. Yeah. I voted for Obama in 2008, make sure he got in office. 
Yeah, I mean, and then he got in office, and I mean, he did some good stuff, but you know, there's there's there wasn't a lot of change in America. Maybe there was some good benefits. Um, maybe like you know, again, there was an Arab Spring, and yes, there was a lot of presidents and um, prime ministers that were ousted, and we have this huge problem crisis going on right now in Syria and so on and so forth. But you know. And like the reason why I say there might have been some good in the foreign policy under Obama is because I went to Pakistan this past few months ago and there was hardly any um, of terrorism going on over there. Like they really, really cracked down on it over there. But we're still bombing the shit out of it. No, we we're, no, no, we're not, not, uh, not like. Yeah, we just bombed Iraq. Pakistan uh, was getting bombed like every week yeah, at one point. Now we're, it's maybe like once every four months. What? Well, those. Hmm. Those yeah, it's yes. like a quarterly thing they do now. Yeah. But I mean, seriously, like we don't, again, we're just, I just go to work. I wake up in the morning and go to work every day. And then I come home and I work out. And then like maybe I try to like read or something, watch a little TV and I go to sleep. I don't really know what's going on in the world. So... You know, the only thing I have to base it upon is the media, any whatever studying I do of history and kind of knowing that history tends to repeat itself. And that's why so many shows like Game of Thrones, like just how does power change hands and how does who the who the who is holding the power? How does that affect the people around those people? You know, how does that play a part? You know, just that own general sense of knowing and applying, I guess, critical thinking to politics and society. Like, uh, I try to do my best to be aware of what's going on around me. But honestly, I don't think I can make a very clear judgment living the life that I live today unless I'm actually out there and, and going to different places and speaking with different people and really getting a fair assessment because first-hand experience is always the best experience. Anything less than first-hand, you're kind of going off of someone else's worth. Yeah. And if you, mm -hmm. and if and if the word is being passed down over and over and over because we're, you know, news conglomerates, they're not independent journalists. So someone's writing the story, someone's editing the story, someone's screening the story. You know, there's so many hands that the story is going through before it actually gets put on the air that has been filtered down. And it's the whole, the telephone, the telephone game where I tell you something, you tell Viggy something. And just, just by a change in hands twice, the message got misconstrued. So, you know, I don't really believe, I, I believe in this, yo. I believe in half of what I see and none of what I hear. And that's kind of how I live my life. And I mean, as far as voting goes, I'll try to make a better effort to go and vote from now on because I kind of see what not voting gets us, you know. So definitely it, it kind of urged me to go back and start voting again. But there has to be more. There has to be more offered than just a two-party candidate system. I mean, there is. Yeah. There is. I mean, you know, it's just how much money it's all about, how many people you can get on your side, how much money you can raise. I mean, right. I don't think that um, 
running a candidacy or, you know, what I mean, um, should cost as much money as it does. I think that's ridiculous. Like, you know, people who want to run for president should be able to get airtime, you know, commercials out there, bookings, you know. It all comes back to money, right? Yeah. It's, like, it's just, yeah. that's why Trump was also able to win. He didn't need the money from, you know, mm-hmm. like a bunch of different little places. He just had like a bunch of rich friends. And they were able to basically band together and be like, all right, let's push this forward because he's going to look us out. And that's why he has to fucking keep so many promises. That's why it's, it's yeah. fucked up, too. Half of them are in his money. cabinet. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he bought the election, more yeah. or less. And, yeah, you got you to gotta be, you know, you got to be well-informed. So that that's what's happening in yeah. 2017 right now. Trump is in office. There's a lot of chess moves, a lot of pieces moving around on the board right now. But um, I don't know. Overall, I feel like at the end of the day, we all gonna be all right. I mean, we we've made it this far. I feel you know. I feel like humanity has made it this far. I think there's a lot of brilliant minds out there that, and, and like at the end of the day, love and happiness is what keeps us going too. But there's a lot of brilliant minds out there, and a lot of and as long as those minds are connected to their hearts and People are compassionate and intelligent. You know, we can we can make it out of anything that we get ourselves into. You know, yeah. So it's, it's hard. It's hard to make that sh- that shift though for the rest of the populace. Yeah. You know, it's easy when you're talking with a bunch yeah. of different dudes that are like yeah. on the same plane. But how do you how do you shift everyone else to get well, to that? Let, let me ask you this: you made you made a very remarkable statement earlier, Viggy. Um, you said. Buddhism saved Cambodia over the last few decades. Mm. Could you elaborate on that statement, por favor? So going to like back when they had the Khmer Rouge basically murder like millions of people there. Just uh-huh. like it was like borderline Holocaust style. Like it was just mm-hmm. fucked up what happened. You would think that, you know like look at look at America after nine eleven. Like, after 9-11, Americans were basically, like, hell-ridden to get revenge. Like, we, we were just angry. We feel like people are coming for us. So that's why we're so quick to write a blank check for our government and our military to go, like, find whoever was responsible. Let's fight terrorism. This fucking vague, like, non-definable enemy that we have. Let's just fund that. We're doing it out of like fear and anger. So like an event like 9-11 kind of like shaped fear into us, you know, and anger. Even though we don't want to acknowledge it, a lot of the shit going on is like derived from just being like angry at that, that people are like coming for us. So compare, you know, the people that died on 9-11 or the amount of people I should say that died on 9-11 versus like a couple decades ago when millions and millions of people were killed. You would think that that society that has millions of people killed would have some, you know, built-in anger and resentment towards the world. You know, that, and maybe that's why we're, like, you know, not super happy all the time or whatever, but basically knowing what they went through and where they are now, like how I said, you know, you... Go to go to Cambodia and just you know travel for a few days and I guarantee you'll see how much love is there. There's so much love. So I'm like, how how do these people have so much love and compassion? 
and I realized that everyone that I like came in came across, you know, they all had like deep Buddhist traditions, and they grew up like in a certain kind of spiritual household. Uh, one guy told me that a lot of parents send their kids to go live with like monks from like nine years old to like eleven years old. This one guy that we, we met, uh, um, our tour guide. Yeah, he he went to go live with a monk for a few years, and that just kind of like gave him insight, you know, and a lot of the the main core of, you know, like what the Buddhist teachings want to get across is that ignorance to impermanence is like the root of unhappiness. Wow. So not, you know, not being able to see that, you know, things come and go and, you know, life evolves and life changes. If you try to like hold on to something that's very temporary, like, Imagine trying to hold on to like a sandcastle that you built. Like sandcastle. <laughs> building a big ass sandcastle and then trying to like when the weight of the tide is low, you build it and then the tide th- starts coming in and the tide is just life. But you you like want to hold on to your sandcastle. It's yeah. like the water's creeping closer and closer. And you're like, no, you're like holding your whole castle, but slowly the water's like, nah, sorry, <laughs> yo, it's gotta go. Yeah, like, it's life. Time to go. But we, we, we focus, we focus hey, on yo. these sandcastles that we build and we try to like hold on to them. So that causes unhappiness. If you don't focus on the sand and you focus on the fact that we're all the water, that's like what, like a shift that, you know, Eastern philosophy can cause in the mind. And that's why there's so many just, all, like, unconditionally loving and compassionate people that I met there. Yeah. And that goes back to their spiritual teachings, which is why I said, you know, if they didn't have those kind of spiritual teachings for the past three decades, imagine wh- where they would be now. Would yeah. they be the most loving people? Like, or they, would they all have AK-47s and walking around, like, thinking someone's about to kill them? They would just walk around fucking in, in fear constantly. They're like, nah. You know, everything's temporary. My life is temporary on this planet. Like, things come and go. I'm not going to be in fear. I'm going to have love. Right. And that's what it comes back to. And that's pretty much why I was saying Buddhism saved them. Hmm. Hmm. And Angelina Jolie. Ooh, I want her to save me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's been one hell of a time. You guys have... Oh, man, you definitely... Help me reshape what I'm going to do the rest of this weekend. <laughs> you know, it's um, it's definitely good to be around positive people. And every time I'm with you guys, it's always positive vibes. So you guys, as you already know, are more than welcome back on YNE Live anytime. I'm it sure looks. our listeners lo- will look for- be looking Absolutely, forward to hearing man. from you Absolutely. guys again. Um, is there uh, anything that you guys um, are doing right now as far I know we talked about your work is and everything, but is there anything going on in your in your work life or anything that you want people to be aware of or to look out for in the upcoming days? Um, EJ, you were mentioning about um, the health care bill and so on and so forth. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think everyone needs to be paying attention to what... Uh their representatives are are doing with this health care bill that's, you know, I know the first one got rejected, but now they seem to be coming to a consensus. Why is that important to you? Why is that? Well, the... for me personally, I work with autistic adults and, you know, they rely on Medicaid, Medicare, 
you know, to drop the cost of their um, of their treatment and education and things of that nature. And so, these bills, uh, this health care bill is taking that away? or This bill would probably significantly cut the aid to those programs. Okay. Which would be devastating. For so autistic their... adults wouldn't have the proper care that they need. Yeah, not just autistic adults, but we're talking about elderly people, kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, everyone right. basically. You know, it's not... It wouldn't be good for anybody, so I always suggest, you know, holding your constituents' feet to the fire and get out there and, you know, participate, because it will affect you, and, you know, no one's going to be happy if it actually happens. Alright, you guys heard that out there? Make sure you put pressure on the constituents, okay? (laughs) Learn Learn these words right now, get yourself a law dictionary. And make sure you know what's written in your constitution and everything that's going through legislation today because at the end of the day, it does trickle down and affect somebody. Even if it ain't you, it could be your neighbor. So the more we know, more we pay attention to what's going on and take an active role in our communities, we can actually grow and prosper rather than, you know, anything opposite of that Amen. all right Vicky, you want to add anything let people know i mean what, what what you got going on right now you uh up in the big city or what you doing right now shit i'm on i'm on planet earth man um, yeah i'm loving it here and it's it's earth day it's earth day man yeah. so i guess my my final thought would just be about that man because all the shit that i'm doing isn't as big as that like, if I can leave everyone with something, it's just focus on the fact that we will have one day out of the whole year to appreciate our mother. Like, mm. and our Earth. We have a Mother's Day and we have a, but yo, that's got to be like every day. And it just makes me, makes me think like, if someone goes out of their way to help you, right? And someone looks you out and is like, you're boy like any kind of like friend that just like non-stop helps you don't you kind of like feel like a little obligation to like kind of return the favor for that, that person true. you try to help that, that person back like that it's just a natural Ma- people Ma- open up a door for you you want to fucking open up the next door for them it's just how it goes mother my, earth my, feeds us houses us so that was gonna yeah that was gonna be my point like why don't we feel the same way about the earth you know and that's, that's my final thought. I just have people contemplate that shit. How come we don't treat pe- the earth the way that we treat people that help us? You know? And, Mad uh, deep. Mad deep. Something to think about on this Earth Day. Yeah. Earth Day 2017. Yeah, man, All that's right. It, man. Yeah, All it's, right. Been, it's been a pleasure. All right. Yeah, v- thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Biggie, EJ, and Yasta Fox signing off. Peace. Peace.